Hello, my name is Gabriel White, and this is another episode of the Trial Lawyer Podcast. Um, today, we have uh, with us uh, Scott Powers of the law firm of Snow Christensen and Martino, and my partner, Dan Garner, who's with me here at the law firm of White and Garner. And we also have an important announcement today. We're we're starting up a, uh, p- a partnership of sorts with um, Trial Guides. And Trial Guides is a uh, publisher uh, who's a leader in providing continuing education for civil plaintiff and criminal defense lawyers and produces a lot of really great books, DVDs, CLEs, live webinars, a whole bunch of different stuff. Um, I know I've used these in my practice, and they've been very helpful. Um, and for our listeners, we have the opportunity to get a 10% discount on any order um, if you visit trialguides.com and use the code uh, TLP10, that's T-L-P, and then the number 10, uh, you can get a 10% discount uh, as a listener of the, the Trial Lawyer podcast. So make it sure and take advantage of that opportunity while you can. Um, today on the podcast, we are going to be discussing the legality and ethics surrounding uh, surreptitious recording of phone calls by attorneys. A, this is a topic that doesn't come up very often, but when it does, it seems like everybody has their own opinion. So today we're going to flesh it out and you're going to get, uh, hopefully, some final answers. So please enjoy. Okay, so question. Gabe is currently recording us. Is it? Yes, I am. <laughs> This is a podcast, which is interesting enough that you bring that up, Powers, because today we're talking about the ethics in Utah. Wow, what a coincidence that I brought and, that up. Like and this. perhaps in other states, uh, if we, <laughs> to the extent we, we can speak to that, of uh, attorneys who surreptitiously re- record phone calls uh, with other people. Uh, any of you ever had instances where this came up? Oh, I know you're itching to tell your stories. Um, I have not ever... Well, no, I have, actually. I had a construction case wherein um, we were at a settlement conference and uh, the opposing counsel, who had not yet deposed my guy, uh, well, my the owner of the company, came and put uh, a recorder on the table and played it, and it was a, it was a recording of a telephone call with, with my client, and it was not good. It was um, it was not helpful to Let, the Let's just say the that cause. settlement uh, You're like, settlement oh became a little bit more likely as a result of this uh, recording. <laughs> well, I Were you I'm, sitting there going, well, why everyone is this has, the first time? Everyone has, everyone has a tendency to remember things in the best light for them. But right. when faced with objective evidence... Sometimes that oh, is not different. Born, yeah, is not accurate. That's right. That's yeah. Um, so, federal law is that. Um, so, we, you often hear in this context, just to give a little background, um, the d- discussion of one party states and two party states. 
Federal law is that only in order to be legal, in order to meet the wiretapping statute requirements and not get accused of a, of a crime, only one party to a telephone call needs to know that it's being recorded in order for it to be legal. And so different states have state laws, and some of them are one-party states. In fact, the vast majority of states are one-party states. Um, occasionally, you'll run into states that are what they call two-party states, where both parties have to be informed um, that the call is being recorded. Now, a lot of times, uh, these are one-party states, and this is my own supposition, one-party states are a lot more... Um, common than two-party states because if you had a if you're in a two-party state then the and the police want to use an informant to record a phone call um they they have to get a warrant um whereas if they're in a one-party state the fact that their informant knows the call is being recorded is enough yeah. uh for it to, it to be uh uh legal <clears throat> I would guess, but so Utah almost went to two parties. Yeah, it was proposed. I think it was soundly sh- shouted down. I even wrote to my, I wrote to my, uh, my legislators about that issue, and I said it was a very, very bad idea, and they actually wrote back saying we agree. Yeah, yeah. My <clears throat> my representative was like, yeah, I don't think it's going anywhere. So, yeah. So here's your here's a question that I have. We've got this wonderful data center that I ride my bike uh, by, with some frequency down there on Redwood Road and by Point of the Mountain down south. Oh, the, the NSA, right? NSA. <laughs> huge, huge data center with all sorts of storage and processing capacity, right? Yeah. But before we get into that, just a brief word from our sponsors. Unfortunately, most lawyers are never available when you need them. Many of them don't put your interests first. The lawyers at White & Garner do things differently. We take each case very seriously. We will always put your interests first. We represent people who have been injured in accidents. We also handle commercial litigation cases. Other law firms assign your case to a paralegal or secretary and put that person in charge of managing your case. Getting your actual attorney on the phone can be a nightmare, no matter how important your case. At our firm, every case is important and every client gets our full attention. We only take cases that we are comfortable taking all the way to a jury trial. Every move we make helps us better prepare your case for trial. To get the best results at trial, you need a lawyer that is paying attention and that is not afraid of a jury. You need the lawyers at White & Garner. Each client of White & Garner has access to their attorney at any time, any day of the week. You can talk directly to your attorney about your case at any time, day or night. If we do miss your call, we will get back to you within 24 hours. If you hire a lawyer from White & Garner, we will be there for you when you need us. That is our promise, and we keep our promises. It, do we really doubt that a huge percentage of your conversations, if not all of them, are being filtered down there? 
no, through, through big computer programs and being recorded. And, and how is that legal? And Maybe under, this is a tangent. And my understanding is that uh, they're a little act. they're a little deficient in reading the rights of the to Guantanamo detainees before they're, <laughs> before they're questioned as well. Um, yeah, my my understanding is that different rules apply in terms of national security situations or phone calls that may be between I'm, an American citizen and the foreign national or something like that. Well, it's not even though. that. That's it's even citizen to citizen. I think there's uh, I'm trying to remember what the specific court with the that they issue the warrants. FISA. Yeah, the if there's a FISA, FISA warrant. It's yeah. like yeah. I mean, and they for a long time it was just rubber stamp. Stamp, well, and stamp. they and they would they called it uh, these business business collection bulk collection orders where they would say, hey, if we they go to the FISA court and say, hey, if we if we need this information, it'll be lost if we don't record it. So we want to have Verizon record or Sprint or AT and T or whoever I can't yeah. remember which companies were involved um, record uh, record. Um, basically download all of the recordings of every call made over their networks and then they would promise the warrant allowed them only to search it. Right. Can you imagine the administrative costs that would have put on Verizon and all these guys were like, you just added like a billion dollars to our overhead. Thank you very much because we're having to hold all these conversations. Well, I think they were held in the hands of the NSA. I mean, that's what these data centers... The well, they'd have to collect them first, right? They collect them and then they send them over. Yeah. The electrical yeah. subcontract alone on that facility, I mean, this is not just a building. The electrical subcontract with, was hundreds of millions of dollars. This is a subcontract. Well, it's because it's, yeah. it's, it's a giant server farm is basically uh-huh. what it is. And well, why we, do you need that if things, not to store right, exactly. every no, single I'm, creepy thing that Gabe has searched? <laughs> <laughs> and that'll give them at least I, what three months of your weird searches. At least three there? months of my creepy searches, you know. Well, my, Stab, Scott Powers, my friend, blood stain <laughs> removal. My friend works out at uh, Camp Williams. You have to go right past the building to get to Camp Williams, and he's like, there was insane mining equipment there for like a year. So he's like, you see like the building, but that thing probably goes down. Yeah, have you ever read Robo Apocalypse? No. <laughs> it's a it's a book about an AI that get becomes sentient and then, you know, through the internet well, and interconnectivity ends up ma- contracting for construction and making things happen in order to give it a home and then eventually and take my, it. Yeah, I'm not so My favorite part of that it may was be the, where the AI lives. Let's just say that. You yeah, are you and Elon no Musk, idea. right? Yeah. I mean, I mean my my favorite part of it is when they're first installing it. Say, oh yeah, and, yes. And, and just but before th- Gabe goes on, for the record, I welcome the <laughs> the benevolent leadership of our AI overlords. <laughs> I look forward to working as a as, as a helpful servant of theirs. Okay, go ahead, go on. All right, is that there? You know, they talked about how many jobs this was going to create, and you know there were a bunch of of contractors working out there for a while, but now my understanding is the whole facility is run by like. Three people? <laughs> yeah, like 10 or 12 people, maybe. Because all they need to do is make sure it doesn't get too hot and fix things when they break and, yeah. Oh, I'm sure. It's kind of like that Facebook uh, center, right? Like, hey, you know, we should all give them a bunch of tax breaks. Yeah, but no one's going to be earning revenue here. It's going to no, be a server it's farm. No, it's going to be. It's just a server farm. Yeah. So I, one thing I did want to bring up is a, a lot of times, in addition to the... 
um, the, the legalities of it, their ethics opinions, is specifically directed to attorneys. And Utah has issued an ethics advisory opinion uh, regarding this matter. And the issue was, is it unethical for an attorney without prior disclosure to other parties to a telephone conversation electronically or mechanically to record communications with clients, witnesses, or other attorneys? And I assume mechanically they mean like take notes. Or right. like stenographically recorded. Well, I mean, right? keep, keep in mind two this things. This was ninety six. I was going to yeah, say a. Just like, for the record, this was not precipitated by something that Gabe did. This I is like pre now, but it was. It came out in nineteen ninety six. So yeah. Gabe's. This is not Gabe's fault. Gabe's clear on this one. Yeah. And and B, you're right. It, this is because it's ninety six. I think that the means and methods for recording things were not quite as prevalent. I mean, well, you don't have an app on your phone at that point. It, well, to just start the, recording. The, the opinion, though, is, is, is still applicable, and it says, and just the opinion itself, and there's a whole analysis here. This is Ethics Advisory Opinion uh, 96-04. You can look it up um, on the Internet if you, if you are so inclined. But it says, Recording conversations to which an attorney is a party without prior disclosure to the other parties is not unethical when the act considered within the context of the circumstances does not involve dishonesty, fraud, deceit, or misrepresentation. Yeah, I know. I read that and I thought, I guess the scenario wherein that doesn't, you know, that would get you into hot water is when you say, oh, no, trust me, I'm not recording this. Don't worry. Yeah, about if somebody really says, are, are, you, are yeah. you recording? And then, and are you recording me? And you're like, no, no, no. Oh, don't worry about it. Well, what the, is that uh, weird echo? Hey, don't worry about it. In the opinion, they actually cite Mississippi where it says How there was Mississippi's? a... Yeah. Mississippi? Yeah. Well, that... Exactly. So they actually say that, a, that, that it is unethical. That wins, the, that wins the opinion. Or the the, the uh, that wins the the award for worst. Hey, you know what? If I hear of, Mississippi of the year. Okay, anyway, go back to yeah. Mississippi. So we were dad dad jokes earlier, right? Like the that's like a grandpa joke. Yeah. Anyway, so ahead. anyways, in Mississippi, uh, an attorney who thought his civil rights were being violated by the police chief and a judge basically says that he's recording the conversations and they ask him and he denies it. And Mississippi says, ah, uh, well, you should have told. That you were recording them. Yeah. You, we're not going to get you on the recording, but the, it's the deceitful statement. Yeah. So yeah. you lie about the recording. And people are weird about recording. I mean, we well, we you, have security cameras in the office and in different conversations that that'll come up with other people. And their face is like, well, I don't I don't like that. They I freak out. I, oh, <laughs> it's yeah. It's like, can you turn it off? We're like, nope. yeah, I guess. I mean... We're just, you, we you, just have it on so people don't steal stuff. Are you planning on stealing something or murdering us while you're here? Like, <laughs> I, I want to keep my options open. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it, my favorite is, is then this happened to me recently, is when somebody, there was an attorney who found out that I had recorded a conversation with one of his insurance adjusters, which she had basically told me, you know, that she had recommended that the case settle for policy limits and that... She had evaluated the case as being worth the full amount and that her her bosses were being, they were trying to lowball us and were being ridiculous and on and on and on and on. And when I cited to this in the, in my complaint um, against them, the opposing attorney called me up and said he thought it was... Well, first the adjuster denied it. Well, that was the thing. Is the, the, but he didn't know about the recording yet. He called me up. 
And he's like, you know, I find it disturbing that you would cite statements by the adjuster in your in your complaint. I said, well, this is what she said. She was acting on behalf of your client's company, and she was that was her job. It's within the scope of her employment to value the claim, and that's that was her opinion. So I think it's clearly valid. And he's like, well, she says she never said any of those things at all. And I said, oh, well, that's unfortunate because I have them recorded. What? Huh? You know, and in that case, I... How dare you, sir? I had already checked that, you know, before I recorded, I checked that her, she, I was calling to a state that was a one-party state. And the line that you call on says, you know these calls may be recorded for quality yes. and training purposes. And Go, so it's like Jerry. their their own system informs you that your calls may be recorded. And he said, well, that's incredibly disturbing. I can't believe that you would record conversations. And I'm like, wait a minute, but, but they're, you're, they're recording me. Like why? Why is it disturbing when and I it, do it? And then, then it I wouldn't said, be a problem yeah, if she would. Then, then, I said, story, yeah. then I said, and it's just, it's a practice <laughs> among some same on some uh, on some for some defense attorneys. It's a practice to go out, hire a private investigator to follow plaintiffs around and like try and video them if you know if their if their back is injured. Try and video them lifting heavy things and somebody yeah. said, so attorney so and so you so you're telling me this is disturbing to you. But it's not disturbing for you to hire someone to stalk my client with a video camera hidden in their car and follow them around without their knowledge for days videotaping what they're doing in their private lives as they walk around their house or as they go to the store. That's not disturbing to you, but for me to... to to record a telephone conversation well, on a line that says it's being recorded by just, you. Basically just have your own copy is really what, right. what's going on. Basically, yeah, yeah. That was disturbing to him. And, and you know, he, he well, never backed off of so, that. So I'm going to give him, hasn't. I'm going to give you a little something to chew on here. Under the civility rules, there is something that specifically precludes you from using attorney-to-attorney correspondence in briefing and citation to the court unless it's directly relevant to the issue at hand, because they don't want to encourage you saying, well, look at how, well, look at this guy, he's a big jerk. And, and in this case... in this well, case, I think uh, it was the relevant. I think you yeah, still get no, in. No, in there. this but, case... But my point well, is... There's two problems. It wasn't an attorney. Well, my, yeah, it wasn't my, an attorney, well, exactly, and it was but, relevant. But my, my thought is that he probably knows about that issue, and it's part of his consternation may be arising out of the protection he thinks he has to speak freely with he you claimed, of course. And he claimed, he claimed, well... I'm trying to get him the benefit of the doubt. No, that's okay. How I understand. You. And, and it's good, it's, it's good for you, but here's the problem. <laughs> he claimed, he's like, I think there's even an ethics opinion no. that prohibits this. And I, I said, well, I've sat, I sat on the ethics advisory opinion committee for six years, and this issue came up several times, and I can tell you, I'll send you a copy of the ethics opinion that says it's okay. And I did. I sent him this along with some case law explaining why it's okay and why courts have said that it's important, you know, especially in cases where, you know, somebody may take advantage of somebody else by telling them one thing over the phone and then saying, no, they didn't say that later. Um, And so, you know, um, 
we recorded it and it was totally okay. But, you know, there does remain that question like, well, all right, so if it's legal for attorneys or, or anyone really to record a phone conversation, as long as they're in a one-party state, I mean, is that something, is, I mean, should that be the rule? Yeah, for sure. Why? To protect yourself. To absolutely protect yourself. That's it's that's the way it's got to be. In fact, I don't understand how you could possibly be in a two-party state, and that's part of why I wrote to my congressman. Uh, one of the big issues I had with regard to the proposed law in our case was the criminalization of uh, doing it. So, for example, if you recorded something like you did, Gabe... Yeah, it was like a Class B misdemeanor or something. Yeah, like no, it, it was it was a serious criminal infraction. It wasn't just a traffic ticket. It was right. a, you can go spend some time in the six months in jail. Yeah, and, well, and I mean, just it's... for recording conversation to protect yourself. And yeah. I would imagine it happens all the time, in particular in divorce proceedings, right, where they're always yeah. you know talking about what he said and she said and, and getting mad about what the kids are doing, what the kids said, and the way they feel and. And I know for I've got I've got several friends who are divorce attorneys, and they said, "Oh yeah, we use it, it's it's rather common practice <laughs> to, in, to record to record what your spouse is saying because you're at such odds, and everyone's changing their oh, position." Oh, I've I've heard I've I've heard even attorneys who will say it's their common practice to record conversations even with their own clients when they say, "You know, okay, so you're authorizing me to settle the case for X." And you're fine with these conditions, right? I usually write a... Yes. I don't necessarily CYA record it. I, th- I, think, I think recording, especially with your own client, is a little creepier, particularly where you've got the attorney-client privilege coming into play. It's probably okay. Has there been but, an opinion whether or not to, that waives it or not? No, no, no. I, but, I don't know how it would waive it you, unless you You can't waive it, though. It's not yours as an attorney. Right. Well, what I'm saying is... Uh, yeah, that's and that, that's the concern I would have, and I would imagine the client would have, that, hey, you know what, this is my privilege to, to waive... Where do you get off keeping a copy of this and, and, and thereby risking it getting out to someone else and, and being exposed if it were to be hacked, for example? Um, so yeah, but, but no, again, I, I think that's nothing more than a concern. But at the same time, you've also got you know, the attorney worrying about, well, am I going to get a hit on a malpractice claim because you, you acknowledged X and now you're taking the position of Y because it now serves you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard it very common in divorce and criminal where... The, someone accuses the other uh, parent of sexual abuse or something, something like that. Something weird, huh? And they're, and they're like, well, you're accusing me of sexual abuse on my daughter, so now I pretty much have to record everything. Record every interaction yeah. I have with my daughter and you for the end of time. And it's, no, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, like I've we had, had, I had one case. That was, that was actually my very first court win ever was uh, they were seeking uh, a protective order against the guy and and he, the, the alleged incident happened. He wasn't even in town. Like the, <laughs> the, the, the ex-wife was like, yeah, and this happened. That's and awful. they were like, wait, what day? And, and, it was, <laughs> and they were like, this day. And it's like, yeah, he's out of town that day. And we had flight records and yeah, he, he was testimony. In, he was in Tennessee that day. Yeah. Yeah. It was clear up in Vernal. But he was a real creeper while he was there. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think it's something that's not very well understood um, by attorneys, and I think that... Well, what I think maybe one of the... something that they the misunderstand on the attorney end is the ABA, their opinion is that it needs to be two-party. 
Yeah, no, the, yeah, that's exactly. So that's, I think they've either seen that opinion and said, oh, Utah must have adopted that, and which, in fact, is the complete opposite. They reject it. They mention it in Utah's opinion and say, no, we don't take that. We don't take that view. They reject it. So I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, no, the ABA, the ABA's formal opinion says, you know, that lawyers uh, should not, you know, that it is unethical for lawyers to record which is, uh, if anyone wants to look it up, it's ABA Opinion 337. Really? The ABA Opinion says well, that it's unethical for lawyers to record what? No, I haven't. Have, I don't know. Dan, did you yeah, get lawyer, a chance to I look that up before? One. Because this yeah. was written in 1996 where it's referenced, and I don't know. So if this is June, June 24th, 2001 is 337 is the date on here. And it says a lawyer ethically may not record any conversation by electronic means without the prior knowledge of all parties to the conversation. Wow, that's just in general? That's not just with your client, that's with anybody. Yeah, that, well, I mean, that's... Well, I still think the Utah ethics advisory opinion would probably take precedence, right? No, in Utah, definitely the Utah uh, advisory opinion, especially with... The, the Supreme Court has agreed, I believe now, to a a safe harbor rule where if you're, you know, doing something in compliance on a valid ethics advisory opinion, uh, that that you won't be disciplined. So I read I read to the end of three thirty seven, and it says update. This has been replaced. So they actually have gone back and ABA said it was for like 10 years. That was the rule, two-party. Have they changed it yeah, to they were, one, yeah. one party now? Yeah. Oh, oh, really? Yeah. Even the ABAs come around. Mm-hmm. Hot day. Usually they're a leading indicator. Apparently they were a lagging indicator here in this situation. You're a lagging indicator. Well, Let's you know. see. Reasons for abandonment of the general prohibition stated in opinion 337. Reception by state and local bar committees of principle embraced by opinion 337 has been mixed. Uh. Well, and it just it seems it seems consistent with other jurisprudence, like under the Fourth Amendment, where you know cases talk about people's expectation of privacy. Do you really have an expectation of privacy when you're talking to someone else over the telephone? I and think you do. I think it, you absolutely do. I think you, it depends. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, when, are you, when are you talking about the expectation of are privacy? Are you talking to your priest? I mean... Well, yeah. But I mean, do you have an expectation of privacy when you're talking to you know, either an opponent over the phone or whether you're talking to... You know, someone that you don't know. I mean, is there, or is it? Is it like, for example, they, they've ruled that you know, when you're out on the street or in a public place and you're talking with someone, if that person happens to be wearing a recording device, the behest of the police, that you don't have yeah. an expectation of privacy in that conversation. So why would you have an expectation of privacy if you're talking to somebody over the telephone? What's well, it? I, I mean, what's maybe, the limit? Maybe the answer is should it be... tin cans? Or, yeah. what, what if you're talking through, through a tin can telephone? Well, maybe the answer should be, instead of one party, we have like a one party unless one of the parties says, hey, you know, I don't want to be recorded. 
Well, that's so they can like effectively the rule now because the other party would have to say, "Well, I'm going to record you," and then they. Then the the other stop. party would have the opportunity to either hang up or keep going. Yeah, well, I guess in that that's part of the thing. I guess they'd have to be sophisticated enough to understand that. To understand to, to hang up. To, they, before, to know how to hang up the phone? No, no, no. To ask the question. To say, are you recording me or not? Yeah. I, yeah, which instantly raises a question like, why are you concerned if the person's recording? It's kind of like, you know, when we... When people come into the office and they're like, we're like, there's security cameras here. And they suddenly are like, oh, that makes me, you know, I'm very uncomfortable by that. Yeah. And it's like, well, why are you uncomfortable? Why does that make you uncomfortable? Is there something that, you know, that you were planning to <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. No, I think do? more than anything, Gabe, it's probably just them worrying about you watching it, you know, late at night. Yes, that's. I'm that's sure that's why. That's why every time that's I come I, here, it's not so much that I'm uncomfortable being on well, camera. If you it's, would keep your shirt I'm, on, it wouldn't I'm, matter. Yeah, powers. Hey, it I mean, makes you me know, feel at ease. This if is you how I get my vibe on. If you had a full shirt rather than just cuffs and a bow tie, then you know. You then said it would you make, liked it. Oh now, oh now, it's not acceptable. Hot pants. <laughs> then maybe we wouldn't. You wouldn't have to worry about that so much. But you come in here dressed like that. These are not hot pants. It's called Chippy later bell. hosen. Gosh, <laughs> shirtless later hosen. They say it's a bad thing. But the, yeah, you know, it really makes the outfit is the hat. <laughs> oh, the I hat with the feather. Yeah, well, I mean, it ties the outfit. It really That's ties why I said. the I don't know why together. You, I don't know why you thought they were hot pants. So when I, you see the hat. You know, you think that adjuster in that you know the case we were just talking about. If I'm her or him, I'm thinking. I'm never, I think it does put a little bit of a damper on people expressing. Well, the interesting thing with that adjuster, first of all, is my guess is that, is that now well, I'm talking she's more general. fired because, and not because she was recorded saying stuff she shouldn't have. She's lying. But because she's lied about it. But, you know, um, but yeah, uh, the bottom line is that, is that, First of all, most people, when there's recording all the time, they forget that it's there. And they tend to forget. Although people that work in places like call centers tend to forget a lot less because they get reviewed periodically. Yeah. I mean, I remember working in a call center when I was a, when I was a, a college student. And we would get, periodically, we'd get pulled aside by our team leads. And they'd be like, all right, let's go through this call of yours and let's talk about this and here's how you could have made done this better and you know go through it so they Wonder should how the know. settlement negotiation rule of evidence would impact it just would prevent you from if it, if it involves settlement negotiations it would it would it would prevent you from from introducing it into court now well, just it's in the pleading just barely yeah but bare right so I, that's what I'm wondering if they would. But in in oh, you're talking about in the case that I was talking about. Well, in the case that I was talking about, the the whole issue is valuation. I mean, it's a UIM case, yeah. and so the whole issue is is well, it's what true. is this they worth? They acknowledge the the value, yeah. and they acknowledge that the value is X, and now they want to come back and say no, it's not. And you know, our our argument is well. You can't take these. You can't take these two disparate positions, and if you do, it's evidence you're acting in bad faith. Um, and I, I think, you know, I don't know. I, 
I think that's a reasonable position. I mean, if somebody hires somebody and trains them up to evaluate the value of a case, and then you know that person comes up with the value and is really feels strongly enough about it to tell their at tell, tell the adversary, hey, if they if they're not willing to give you this, you should sue. Yeah, which is what she said. She's she's basically like, look, if they come back and say they want an IME and they want to go through all this other, you should just file suit because they're gonna low. They're trying to lowball you. Yeah. Um, you so know. we so every conversation now. I'm just gonna ask if they've. I'm gonna say hello. How are you? Oh, that was. Are you recording? Me? That was the big threat. <laughs> that was the big threat from the from the opposing counsel. He's like, he's like, well, I'm gonna just. I guess I'm just gonna email all my clients and all. All the lawyers I know and say, you know, when you're talking to Gabe White on the phone, you, you better ask him if you're being recorded first. And I'm like, yeah, you. Yeah, you, I'm sure you're going to you disseminate go that information. You go ahead. First of all, send out first an of all, email. This story is going to make you look bad. See, yeah, send out, an email, <laughs> send out an email making yourself look stupid. There's this one guy that you may eventually talk to. Yeah, and if you want to lie to him, you better make sure that you ask him first if you're being recorded because <laughs> otherwise they're going to know about your lie. So yeah. You're going to be able to prove it. Yeah. I mean, um, on a practical matter, though, that's why I never answer your phone calls anymore, Gabe. It's all, it's all, all, text, it's all text or email. It's all text and email, uh, yeah. It's good policy to have. Oh, it is. It is. Good policy to have. Either that or Snapchat. Hot Snapchats. <laughs> but the, but the, so if you're a non-attorney, you don't have, if they ask you if you're recording, you can say no. Um, I think that's correct. Right. Yeah, I, I think that's correct. Uh, you know, it's like the whole, no other, the whole criminals just an, are like, are you a cop? That's you just, tell me that's just an ethical guideline in here. I don't think you have to tell them you're a cop. Well, no, I know, but a, that's that's like the biggest myth see, of all time. It, no, the criminals think. It is. Like, <laughs> but it comes up with prosecuting attorneys. I would imagine they're not because, allowed to because engage if they said they lied. Like pretext in pretext calls. Yeah. Or things the prosecuting attorneys the have to can. bring in the cops to do it. Yeah. Because apparently we. We don't. We don't As want lawyers, our. We, we don't. Uh, we don't. Well, want you wouldn't want to be a witness lying. anyway. Though. You wouldn't want to be the witness. If you right. That's true. We yeah. don't want our. We don't want our prosecutors lying. But <laughs> we're okay cops. with our. We're okay with our sworn police officers telling lies. Well, hey, the ends justify the means, Machiavelli. Uh, apparently, they do. I am the prince. Before we wrap things up, just wanted to remind you again of our partnership with Trail Guides, and the opportunity that our listeners have to get a 10% discount on any purchases made at um, the uh, trialguides.com website. Um, You can also follow Trial Guides on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. And um, you can get a discount um, exclusively for our listeners um, by entering in the discount code uh, that's spelled T. LP and then the number 10. Um, if you forget, think of the Trial Lawyer Podcast and then we're number 10, uh, which 10 is the best. So that should be easy for you to remember. Um, and uh, get yourself some great, uh, some great materials that'll help your practice, help you uh, win more money at trial and be more successful in your cases. <laughs> <laughs> and a tiny little oh, prince you are. And little prince. Tiny little bearded man. Little bearded prince.
How's the Scott Powers trophy, by the way? I didn't get it. Yes. Oh, oh, that's right. You did. Every you time. Win. I've never gone out first in so any of these. So we have a these. poker tournament periodically. I've never gone out first, and, and I've never and had the, this trophy. The trophy for the the trophy for the person who <coughs> loses first is called the Scott Powers Memorial <laughs> Award. I have ne- for the record, I have never been uh, the first he, person out. And that is incorrect. This is has, such garbage. He has won no one proof. Time. Why else? Why would we name an award after you? Because you're dummies. I don't we know. You've just established that you That's thought I won right. in this last tournament, and I didn't. Yeah, I no, wanted he, it. Right, apparently not bad. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> I tried, but you tried. somebody else wanted it more. But uh, somebody else wanted it, and what is it? And it was a, tr- a nice little trophy that we got that had beautiful the gold, re- the, the rear marble. half of a horse, but not the front half. You know, so it's the action end. It, uh, you know, it accurately <laughs> reflected its subject, the business end. The business end. Yeah. Anyway, um, thank you so much for um, for listening in. This has been the Trial Lawyer Podcast. Please listen and subscribe um, on iTunes. And um, give us a rating. So far, we have a lot of listeners, but not a lot of ratings. So go ahead and give us a or don't of stars. If, if you're gonna, if you think yeah, it's if awful, they're, if they're then good, go ahead and don't then we do, do want to hear from you. If you think we're bad, you know what? You probably have keep better it things yourself. to do. And you know, remember what your mom said about if you don't have anything nice to say, <laughs> don't say anything. That at still all. applies to the internet. All right. Thank you, and have a good one.